Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I am Josh Takimoto. And I am Deb McCollum. That was a good intro. That, that was, was very big. good. Typically, our intros are a little bit rough. They've gotten better. Yes. But occasionally, they go off the rails, and then it's like, we haven't done this nine times. I know. That but was, today was good. That was pretty clean. Today was very good. So I'm not going to waste any more time. <laughs> Today's guest is a teacher at Casserole High School. She is uh, the founder of the SCORE Academy at Casserole High School. Uh, she's an athlete, and she's done a little bit of coaching, and uh, so we're happy to have her today, and this is Vicki Warren. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. Good, good. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. I think you and I met like six or seven years ago. Yeah. It was actually it was, the first time. It was time back at the beginning of the SCORE Academy. Yeah, yeah and I, we can talk more about that, but um, it was actually the first time that anybody asked me to come speak to their class, which was really cool. So I have a soft spot. Plus, it's the, where I graduated from, so I have a soft spot for the SCORE Academy. But we, uh, we decided to do something a little bit differently. So, Deb, do you want to explain that? So we decided to – we picked three just random questions that we want to start asking our guests um, before we start interviewing them. So are you ready? You're the first I'm, You're the first victim. I am ready, nervous, but ready. You are okay. like, you're like the guinea pig, so no pressure. Good okay, luck. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so first question. If you could pick anywhere in the world to live, where would it be? Okay, that's easy for me. I would live in Concord, North Carolina, Whoa, which that is was so weird. That was super um, That is the hometown and where, um, where they currently live. Uh, um, the Avett Brothers are a band that I follow. Okay. Um, this makes sense. Yes. I have and, and so I want to live where they live. I want to. I want to be who they are. It sounds stalkerish, <laughs> but it's like it's a cultural thing. Like I just want to soak in that environment wow. because it made such amazing humans. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna interrupt um, your questions because I, I follow you on social media and mm -hmm. I've seen you and your husband going to a lot of those concerts. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted to ask you about that, but I've just it's never popped in my mind. So now yeah. I have the opportunity. So you're a huge fan, kind of? Huge fan, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Now, is it mainly you and is it your husband's a huge fan too, or did he kind of like by proxy? Well, I like to say that um, I drive the crazy train, but he bought his own ticket. Right. So <laughs> um, it go. started with me discovering them with a friend randomly, and then um, he suggested we go to a show together the next time they were in Sacramento. And then from there, it was like, we were hooked. And it, when's the next show we can go to? And then once every two years was not enough. It was like, where can we travel to go see them? So it's really ah. cool. It became like our connection, our thing we do together. We call them A-Vitcations. Oh. So we've oh been to gosh. Mexico. Okay. We've been to Vegas. We've been to North Carolina. So wow. it's sort of our purpose for traveling now is where are we going to go this year to see them? Wow. That's so pretty cool. I think I'm on like 26 or 27 oh times gosh. seeing them in the last oh, wow. four years. Yeah. Okay, oh so gosh. she's kind of a diehard. A little yes. bit. Yeah, a little there bit. There are people that, hundreds of shows. So I'm not even at the top, but. You're making your way I'm there. I'm making my way there. Wow, yeah. that's oh crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, that question went way sideways. No, so. way different. That was yeah. great. It, I, I could have just said that. Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, in my head, I'm like, people are like, oh, they're going to pick some, like, tropical island. Oh, for Caribbean. Sure. Nope. North Carolina. Wow. Send me. We both looked at each other like, hmm. I was like, huh? There's a, story, there's a story behind this for sure. So, well, we'll probably never get an answer like that again. No. So, oh thank gosh. you for that. You set the bar high. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, Deb, okay. go ahead and continue with your questions. Next question. This okay. one's not as exciting. Heck no. Are, <laughs> are you a breakfast, lunch, or dinner person? Um, dinner. Dinner. I like to sit and enjoy. I feel like breakfast and lunch get rushed for me. Yeah. So having the yes. meal, the meal experience, mm-hmm. whether it's sitting with my family, just the three of us sitting there talking, right. or a restaurant, the yeah. ambiance. I like dinner because of the meal experience. Okay. What about like breakfast at dinner? That's fine too. Ooh. That'd be pretty good. That's She's like, like whatever, as long whatever. as, yeah. as, long as it's time. Yeah. Time. As long okay. as I get to slow down and take yeah. my time. I feel rushed go. at breakfast too. I always yeah. I skip breakfast and mm-hmm. then I just eat something later in the day. It's yeah. Totally agree. Like a Pop-Tart or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's never good for you. you know, never, exactly. Like, never. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so last question. And this is more athletic related. Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? I would rather be the worst player on a great team. Um, yeah. it, I, I'm a growth mindset person, so I think that's only going to make me better. Nice. That's awesome. I have to say that I got to quote my girl Ray Ray Hollis one more time. Every podcast I quote her. (laughs) Every Um, time. She said, I think it was her, she said, if you are the smartest person or the most hardworking or motivated person in your circle, you need to find a new circle. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thank you for participating in our Yeah, first warm-up. I love that. That was Can awesome. we do that for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have an hour's yeah, worth of questions yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah. It took a while to narrow those down. Yeah. We had some fun ones. So if you yeah. come back maybe for another we'll podcast, oh, we'll have a whole we'll other. Okay. Ones. Yeah. Maybe All something. Right. We should, you know what? Next time you come on, we should just like get a bunch of uh, Abbott brother questions. Yeah, we can just talk about the like Abbett a, brothers. Like a, yeah. like a quiz. We'll have like to do some trivia. Yeah. I'm, I don't want to offend our guests, but I've never heard one of their songs. I haven't either, and I was going to oh, say no. that too. I'm well, so sorry. See, yeah. there's a lyric from I the Abbott brothers called And It Spread, and this is what happens. So there we go. Plant the seed. Now you're going to go look it up, and you're going to be like, There's actually a. On HBO, this is a good place to start. There is a Judd Apatow okay. um, documentary. Oh. Judd Apatow is a huge fan, and he's been that. around while they were making their previous album. Okay. And uh, yeah, a lot of it's shot in North Carolina, so you'll see the family, you see everything, wow. how they grew up, and yeah. So it's a good place to start because you get a taste of the music, but the ultimate experience is live. So that's right. what okay. hooks you. We're keep, we got to keep that in mind now. I'm mm-hmm. So it's called May yeah. It Last. May it last. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll have to check that out. We'll get, I write it down? Like I said, we'll get some, next time you come on, we'll get some questions. Yeah. And we'll oh test gosh. you. Yeah. Let's see how, how true of a fan she is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, again, we, we want to thank you for um, coming on here. And, uh, you know, like I said, you and I first met each other um, through my former baseball coach, Coach mm-hmm. Tuff. Um, and I think he invited me to a score meeting because he knew kind of what I was doing with Character Combine. And... Um, when I sat in on that meeting, I just immediately loved what SCORE was. And um, I know it's gone through some changes right. in, uh, over the years, but could you explain a little bit about what SCORE is and then kind of what it's become and the purpose of it? Sure. So um, the SCORE Academy at Casserole High School um, started out, it was the brainchild of myself and the vice principal at the time and the principal. We'd visited um, a school with several academy programs um, 
which were receiving a lot of funding and, and there's not a lot of funding in education and so this was somewhere where we saw an opportunity to not only get some funding to our school for a program but also address who our clientele is at the school um, and so on the drive home from Tahoe we thought who are our students what what kinds of career interests do they have um, and we came up with SCORE as uh, sports careers and opportunities in recreation. Uh, and the idea of the program was um, these academies are three years long, students start sophomore year, and they take electives each year that are focused on the career and their interests, but then three of their core classes are also uh, planned around that with teachers who have similar interests or will gear the curriculum towards it. So if they're in an English class, uh, some of the reading that they're doing is about the, the career field that they're looking into going into. So for us, the, uh, we had a lot of students that were sports-minded, um, a lot of athletes, um, strong programs at our school, and thought that would be a way to tap into uh, their interests, but also give them more of an academic connection to the school. So um, it's a three-year program by the senior year. They are out working in whatever career field you've selected as your academy um, for part of their day uh, and preparing to go out and work in that, that field. Mm -hmm. um, so over the course of the first three years, you know, we started with just our sophomore students, which is when you came in, mm -hmm. our first group, our score babies, our OG yeah. score babies, OG we called babies, them. Yeah. Yep. Um, they, uh, they started out and they, we, we sold it to them, we marketed it to them. There's so many things out there in sports that you can do if you're not an athlete. Mm -hmm. You can do sports marketing, you can do athletic training, you can get into the legal side of things. Mm. Um, and kids were really interested in that. And we had a lot of students that wanted to be a part of that. Um, and it w went really great. Um, we got to year three with those students their senior year. And uh, that was the time to get them out in placements and we struggled to find placements that really suited their interests. Um, so it's hard to find an internship for an 18-year-old, 17-year-old um, in Orangevale, California sure. um, for the kid that wants to work with a big league team and right. they wanna look at the marketing side of things. Right. Um, there's not a lot of time and, and resources and access to that. Mm -hmm. We found that about half of the students were leaning towards the medical side. And so after that year, uh, we decided that we needed to transition the program and make it fully medical um, and not sports and recreation and everything that it could be because it was so hard to target everything in one package. Right. Yeah. So it is now a um, health academy. So there is still athletic training as part of it. Um, if students are athletes and they are really interested in that, um, but then they also have the medical assisting and nursing side. Awesome. Yeah, I, awesome. I was super jealous when I first spoke to this class. I'm like, I would have loved to have taken yeah. or have been a part of this academy just because it's such a cool idea. Right. And you see so many athletes that, you know, like we've talked about before, their whole self-worth is in athletics and mm -hmm. sports. Mm -hmm. And the mindset is if I don't make it there, then who am I? Or I don't know who I am. So the thing I loved about that program is when you, you know, you give them another opportunity. It's okay. You may not make it to the highest level that you want to make it to, but what if you could still stay in the game in, right. a, in, a, in a different way maybe? And so 
even now, like you said, it's it's gone more the health and um, like physical therapy and stuff like that. That's still amazing because right, like right. they can still be on the football field, just yeah. maybe on the sidelines, but doing a ton of great work. Yeah, that was me when I graduated high school. I was always the athlete, and mm-hmm. um, I had play? I played soccer. Okay, uh, cool. mostly I did cross country and track as well, but soccer was my passion. Nice. Um, and when I got injured my senior year, I was like, well, now what? Right. I can't play in college. Right. That was my plan. And I, I didn't know who I was without that. Um, and so I fell back on kinesiology as my major. And I, mm-hmm. I got into athletic training at Sac State um, thinking, well, this is a way I can still be part of the team. Right. Nice. Yeah. So that Very eventually cool. evolved into teaching for me. Um, yeah. But that was that was my mindset. I'm an athlete. Right. How do I stay an athlete? Right. That That's goes, awesome. That yeah. goes to our injuries episode. It's coming of. soon. Oh yeah. gosh. Coming soon. Yeah. Actually, Life changing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, even when we talked when we talked to Butch, yeah. um, he kind of went through something similar. He was on the path towards you know being a, an MLB pitcher, and then had that um, that neck injury from yeah. squatting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what do I do? But then he just again like you did turned his um, attention mm-hmm. towards scouting. He's mm-hmm. like, I still want to be part of the game. Right. And so and that's good. I, I, I hope other athletes and, and I hope coaches can kind of guide their athletes in those situations. Where it's like whether it's an injury or just the fact that they may not have the, the skill set to make it to the highest level. Yeah. It's like, but don't give up. There's still like a, your dream can right. just go a different direction. Right. I, I, I don't want students to look at it as what's your plan B. It's like plan A subcategory I. So oh. I'm still an athlete yeah. and... Right. I'm working in sports in this way. I don't have I like to that. have a backup plan that's totally different because it's more responsible. Right. right. Well, and plus, sometimes I feel like plan B is a weird thing, especially for athletes, because plan B almost feels like, well, you failed at plan mm-hmm. A, so here's plan B right. because you didn't make it. So, But no, I like the way you – so can you say it one more time? So I said instead of plan B, it's plan A subcategory I. So like if you're taking notes, like indent, okay. Right. Here's athlete, I want to be in sports. Right. And underneath that heading, there's all these other options. It kind of gives them permission to say, "I to say I'm an athlete and, and I'm going to do this instead mm-hmm. of I either am an athlete or I'm something else." Right, and I'm them. I'm still an athlete. Yeah, I play soccer three nights a week. Nice. So oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. And what, I'm a teacher. What, what yeah, position do you play? Um, it depends. I play center midfield a lot, uh, which I used to hate, but I've grown to love. Um, I I love scoring goals i love assisting more than scoring goals setting okay. up a play um and then in indoor you're just all over the field yeah so it doesn't everything. really matter yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. played soccer for a little bit and then the older i got the like the further back in the field they put me so pretty <laughs> yeah. soon i was a, as a as i'm a not gonna say that means anything at all <laughs> oh no yeah, i'll no. say it i was super slow <laughs> they're like you know just get in the way of someone prevent the ball from going in the goal yeah. you'll be fine yeah and then i stopped well playing. <laughs> they didn't put you in goalie so Oh, absolutely not. I tried that one time. It's yeah. like, this is not for me. <laughs> this is not for me. Did I you played, play soccer? I, I was going to say, I played softball my whole life. And when I was in sixth grade, um, the the softball coach was also the soccer coach. And I had no choice. He's like, you're going to play. I'm like, huh? I'm like, oh, I've never no. played soccer. My parents are like, huh? Because I never. And, I, and so he just put me on the field. I literally, he would tell me a position. And I'd be like, okay, coach. And I'd go out there and I'd ask my teammate, where is that? Where am I supposed to go? Oh, like no. I would ask my teammates, like, what do I do? And then they would help me because I didn't, I didn't want to let my coach down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was just running all over. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> None. I would just run. That's well, probably what everybody else looked like they were doing. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that was the first, that was the only and last year I ever played soccer. Right. I went back to softball after that. Stick to I your passion, right? Stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, do you have um, any coaching background? So, um, <laughs> that was kind of like a, uh, yeah. all right. 
I don't like to talk about my coaching oh, no. so much. Um, it was uh, it was one of those things where I was I was talked into it, kind of um, kind of like how I played soccer. I was just yes, like, You're yes. Do this. Um, well, it was I signed my daughter the first year. My daughter's twelve now. Um, the first year that she could play soccer, I was like, all right, it's time to sign her up. Yeah. Um, as I think maybe a lot of parents do. Well, this sure. is what I love, and so right. let's let's do this. But yeah. I was not going to be that parent that pushed her. <laughs> But I was just going to give her the opportunity to see right. if she liked it. Maybe some hints here and there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then came the follow-up emails of, we need coaches, and da-da-da-da-da. And if you coach, then you'll get priority on what day's practices are. And I'm like, well, I'm already a teacher, and so coaching is the same. And <laughs> and I like my kid, so. It's a good start. Yeah. Why not? Um, and it was so different from everything I've ever done mm. it's first of all it's like four or five year olds mm. oh and that's gosh. that's not coaching oh. soccer um it's like hurting cats yeah it's playing <laughs> games it's it's hurting cats and and the the really unpredictable side of it was my daughter is an only child and when I got out there with nine other little girls and they mm. were getting the same kind of attention oh, from no. me she didn't handle it well. And Uh-oh. so it went the opposite direction. Instead of it becoming oh, instilling no. passion in her and excitement, it became like a resistance. Like, oh, no. I'm going to act out at soccer because I want mom's attention in a different way. Oh. And oh, no. so um, we tried that for two years, and I just decided coaching her is not the right fit. Mm. And definitely not at that age. You know, I, I'm oh, like, man. I have teacher background, Kate. Okay, that's Teaching right. high school is, different. is not Thank anywhere you. near working yeah, with the younger hard. population. So that was yeah. my two. I, I didn't learn the first time. I tried it again the <laughs> second time. Had a growth mindset. Maybe it'll get better. But um, it just didn't. And the third year, I didn't coach. I sat on the sidelines, and it just it's not going to happen. She told me, Mom, that's your thing. It's not my thing. I said, okay. Oh, so, so no soccer okay. No more soccer. Oh, so she no. became a gymnast, which was perfect oh, oh. because I could sit back and observe, and yeah. I don't know what the heck is going on. It all looks good so to me. So I get to coaching. be the cheerleader and not the coach for her. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. What are those? What are those groups like? Like the parents there? Because you, you know, what I mean, you go to a soccer game and the parents get a little crazy. Baseball games, football yeah. games. Yeah. Like um, I avoided going. To oh. like sitting at practices and I didn't really, you know, sit. I, I took it on almost as like my daughter did. It wasn't um, a team thing. It was sure. more of an individual right. thing. And so for me, I took it on that way that I'm here for my child. And there wasn't this like um, pressure to be part of a team of parents. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't right. sit there for three hours, four days a week and watch them do gymnastics oh it's Mm-mm. it's hard enough sitting through meets sometimes right? well i was gonna say yeah because yeah. you mentioned you did cross country or yeah. no, not cro- you did cross country, did cross but country but and track track meets. Rough. yeah 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 track's rough. track is That's rough and i have a lot of empathy for my mom for going to those track meets mm-hmm. after after what going it, to gymnastics what event did you do uh distance I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you're there for a yeah. little longer then. <laughs> a little longer then. It's like 100, right? It was right. Like, no, it's not oh. like, okay, you're done now. Wait around yeah, for wait. four hours. <laughs> My daughter just started doing track, so now I'm oh, like, cool. okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. no temptation to coach that? No. 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 <laughs> no. no. I like to stay out of it for her, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's easiest that way. Be the, the parent, cheerleader, the fan. Yeah. 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 That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, something we, we – talk to a lot of our guests about is and I've mentioned it a million times before but there's always this connection between 
your athletic background mm -hmm. and the mentality that's developed when you're an athlete and then how that kind of goes into your career, whatever your mm -hmm. career may be. So with you being a teacher, obviously you were the founder of the SCORE Academy. So you, you know, I saw firsthand how you kind of interacted with athletes and you had a whole class full of athletes. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's challenges that come with having class or athletes in the classroom. Um, I think it's a lot of fun too, you know, yeah. if you can kind of relate to them. And so because you're an athlete and you coached a little bit, did that make it a lot easier to have a class just full of athletes? Because it wasn't like you had, a, you know, five athletes at right. a point. It was all athletes. All athletes um, and different kinds of athletes. Right. Um, and so, I mean, that's fun. I, it's fun to tap into that mentality for them mm -hmm. um, and draw parallels between who they are as an athlete and their mindset as an athlete and what they give to their sport and what they're willing to do and, and right. how deep their commitment goes and taking that and applying it to academics and um, developing a passion for something bigger sure. um, than themselves. Uh, and, and I think that teaching is a lot more coaching than teaching. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's, a lot like how coaching is supposed to be not how I did it but um, I don't I don't consider myself a teacher of a subject I'm a teacher of habits attitudes behaviors and expectations hmm, interesting so I mean it was philosophically if someone says what do you teach I would throw out habits attitudes behaviors expectations now what yeah. subject oh well I teach health and art yeah. but hmm. really what I'm teaching is how do you function as a human right. being? How right. do you set these expectations right. for yourself? And it's the same thing for athletes. Mm -hmm. Habits, attitude, behavior, expectation. Right. Well, that's interesting. Well, and like, and really as a teacher, I'm also a teacher, mm -hmm. and so we are, we, we are teaching them lifelong skills. Right. And how to go out into the real world and be an adult and to get out of, break out of your social setting because, you know, when they grow up in school with the same, you know, pe with this, their same friends, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, most of the time, and then they become so compound with whoever they're hanging out with, and they get influenced by certain things, and, um, I mean, you know, their family background, so it's just that, I like how you said that with how you teach them philosophically, lifelong skills. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't outwardly say that to them, but right. that's always in the back of my yeah, mind. That's good. Uh, sure. What habit am I teaching them? What right. expectation am I holding them to? Are they creating expectations for themselves? Right. Um, and I hold them to reasonably high expectations, um, talking to athletes about what they're willing to put into their sport versus what they're willing to put into their academics mm. and effort. And so yeah. um, I have students in art who will sit and do nothing for 30, 45 minutes. And I go, hey, are you quitting on me? Yeah. Would you quit on the field? Yeah. Right. You That's know, good. what? Right. What are you going to put into this? Right. Don't quit on me. Right. They don't. They don't like to be called quitters. Yeah, no. It's we like a challenge for them. Yeah. We yeah. just talked about that actually. It was like they don't want to fail in front of someone, no. especially another mm -hmm. athlete. So, but when someone calls them out, mm -hmm. then it's it really is a challenge. It's right. like okay, now I need to really step it up because I don't like how this feels. Right. Right. Um, and that's that's I like what you said because you know when you draw the parallel between the field or the court and school. It's, it's, it's always fascinating me when you have an athlete, so say you have a running back who's in the weight room, on the field, they are literally willing to push themselves into the, until they puke and until they can't walk the next morning. But you throw mm -hmm. a math test in front mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. It's like, I'm not doing this. Right. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, and they, they've just, they've decided that right. I'm in this lane. This mm -hmm. is where my energy is valued. 
right. because I'm mm -hmm. seeing results here. Mm -hmm. And if I don't see results here, I don't want to put my energy there. Right. Right. And and you have to understand that that's human nature. That's teenage mindset right, a exactly. lot of times. Um, right. But it's human nature. I don't I don't want to do things that is not producing success for me. Right. Um, we have our own resistance to that. Right. Um, I think when you break things down to skill versus talent too, mm -hmm. it's really important for them to see um, that what you feel like you're very talented in or what you're told you're very, very talented in, you're probably very skilled in. You've mm -hmm. developed a skill. Mm -hmm. You have practiced. You were not this good five years ago right. or last year. Right. Right. But you, something in you made you want to do better. Right. And so you have to channel that. Right? I, I don't know how to do this math problem. Well, that's a skill and it can be learned. Mm -hmm. right. I don't know how to draw that picture. I, I deal with it now as an art teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, the perception is a lot like athletics, that right. it is talent. Right. And um, if we dismiss it as talent, we dismiss the opportunity for growth. Wow. That's really good. Yeah, and that's a good way to explain it to them, too. Right. And it sounds like it's a really good – my question was going to be, but you pretty much answered it, was how do you get student-athletes to buy into the classroom? And that's exactly just what you just said with um, – you know, giving the example of, are you going to quit on me? Are you, you know, with the, with you right. know, doing your artwork and just getting them to really focus on um, getting out of their lane and, you know, working on those skills and getting into the other lane that they're not so comfortable with. Yeah, I think we've done a disservice to student athletes in the past and, and maybe it still goes on. It doesn't for me, but um, a disservice to student athletes um, in using their sport as a threat. So yeah. if you don't do this, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to coach yep. and, and pitting academics against athletics instead of drawing right. the similarity for them and saying, this is the same. This right. is a mental game. Right. That's interesting. Wow. That's really good. I like that. Because um, yeah. it really is similar because, mm -hmm. you know, as a coach, you're teaching a sport, mm -hmm. but like you said, and you worded it way better, so I'm not yeah. even going to try, <laughs> but you're, what you're really doing is you're teaching them life skills through the sport. Right. So you're teaching them a skill, but there's more to it. Mm -hmm. right. Like you said, with uh, you as a teacher, your, your subject is health and art, but what you're really doing is teaching them life skills through that medium. Right. And so you guys are, ba you are coaches. Well, that's even yeah. how, like when you, when I saw you in your classroom dealing mm -hmm. with your students, it, you did feel, I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast, but it did feel like a coach. So I'm like, okay, she seems to have some kind of either coaching background or athletic background because the way you talk to them was very much like a coach would, mm. you know, you didn't have a whistle. You no, you know. I did not. You could have. That would have been yeah, fun. Yeah. They probably would have responded well to it. <laughs> I needed a, one sometimes, but yeah. You did yeah. have a dog though in class. I do. I do. Oh. Cooper still comes to class. Uh, he is a super, super senior. I think he's been coming for <laughs> seven years. That's so awesome. Yeah. It's a just an added bonus, you know, an added um, environmental piece to have a therapy animal in the room and, and it works. Yeah, it, it totally works. works. Yeah. It, it humanizes yeah. the teacher. You'd think yeah. from an outside yeah. perspective, you'd think that's going to be a huge distraction. Yeah. But yeah. students yeah. are like they you just watch their energy change. They're like, oh, yeah. a dog. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. Well, yeah. the person I spoke there did my whole thing for like 30 yeah. minutes and then all of a sudden I hear like a chain. <laughs> what was that? And then you see behind the desk, oh, there's a golden. Oh yeah, there's wow. a dog. There's and a awesome. dog over here. Super yeah, well yeah. behaved. Our golden yeah. was never that well behaved. Uh. <laughs> she was a, a puppy for all 12, 12 years of her life. Oh, <laughs> she my never God. stopped. 
Anyway, sorry, that was that was way off. Th- that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah, that's right. That was way off. I was going to go off on an even deeper tangent, but oh, I Oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, speaking of dogs, my friend, my teacher friend has a dog, and her kids love it. I was going to go off on that tangent, uh-huh. tangent but I won't. Let's that's, go okay. that's the beauty of the podcast. We can I go know. in every direction we, we want. Yeah, we do this all the time. We go off. Time. We have to like... Z- I am perfect for this because <laughs> I am good at rambling. <laughs> See, we are too. Yeah. We ramble. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's sometimes we're like, hey, this time, for sure, 30 minutes. Dead. This is this is why I have learning targets on my board in the classroom. <laughs> we all say it's for the students so they know yeah. what they're learning, yeah. but it's it's a lot of it is for me. So I'm like, okay, I just went off on this tangent. Where do I have to get uh-huh. in the next 30 minutes? That's right. okay. That's our learning yeah. target. Yeah. And I think even things like that makes it yeah. um, for the student athlete mindset. Say, yeah, mm-hmm. is this is the goal? Like right. we need to get to right. this point by right. today. We need you to know and understand how to do this. I think right. when it's loose and airy and students don't oh. know what the target is right. and why am I doing this, they lose the connection to it. Yeah. Um, and I probably for the athlete, it's, it's normalizing for them to go, okay, what's the point? All right, got right. it. Right, well, especially right. when hopefully the, the team they play for has a very structured practice. And so yeah. it's like, okay, so we have a, game or a, a practice plan today. This is what we have to do, A, mm-hmm. B, C, D, E. Mm-hmm. And so you go to a classroom where it's loosey goosey. It's like, oh, this is not oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, athletes don't. I, I mean, I've run into a lot of athletes who just can't stand if things aren't structured. Right. They just, it, it, they can't learn. And then, I mean, actually, I take that back. We're, we're high school teachers. A lot of high school kids cannot learn well in unstructured environments. Right. I think they all, they, they see, they say that, I mean, they act like they, they want oh, it. Oh, yeah. But they, right. they, they want the structure. What they need. And they need it. The and so, yeah. yeah. So. Do you, um, kind of along those same lines, do you use uh, competition at all in, within your, like, within your okay, teaching to, so like, push the athletes? That always kind of, like, it touches that area of their mind. Yeah. It's like, okay, now I'm interested because this yeah. became a competition. Yeah. So it has to be used sparingly, and it has okay. to be done <laughs> um, good, yeah. in a collaborative way, I find. Sure. Um, so individualizing competition for me um, – I don't find as many benefits from that as sure. I'm the best, I'm the smartest, I have the right answers. Um, I think in a collaborative situation, a little competition is great because mm-hmm. they're forming a team and they're bringing what they have to that team. So I will use it. I mean, we'll we'll do even in art. We'll do things like, all right, write down as many color names as you can come up with in two minutes, right. um, and then do a color matching challenge after that. And athletes will get into mm-hmm. how many color swatches can I match because now <laughs> it's a competition. Right. Yeah. Whereas if I just said, okay, take a paint swatch and try and match the color, mm-hmm. they're kind of bored. Yep. Right. So right. now they're part of a team. Right. Now we're in this together. Now I want to win. Now I want to get this color right. Yeah. And, Love and it. he didn't care about the color. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. Yeah. But did he learn it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's no, I like that a lot, and I I, we keep going back to it. But just the idea of, you know, walking them through it and making the drawing the parallel between Mm -hmm. their sport and learning Mm -hmm. is huge. Right, that's always been a huge. There has to be a competitive outlet for the athlete. Um, Right, and I I tell my my husband this, my students this. If I, you know, I'm aging, in soccer, I, I feel it. I, I hate to admit it. I still mm-hmm. think I can go out and play three nights a week and be fine. It's tough but to my injuries take yeah. longer to heal. I'm tired the next day. And so 
Um, you know, sometimes my father-in-law's physical therapist will say, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe take some time off. Maybe don't play soccer if you're hurt. It's like, maybe. And then you're out there and the then next night. Like, my, I just can't because I know that if I don't have that, my competitive spirit will come out in ways that are not healthy. Mm. Sure. I, sure. I need a competitive outlet. I should not be competing with my colleagues. Right. I should not be right. competing with my students. Right. I should not be competing with my daughter, with my husband, with anybody else. But when I step on the field, now I can compete. Right. Right. So if a student in the classroom has that energy to compete and we give them that, the appropriate outlet for it, um, maybe that settles that for them. I know it does for me. I yeah. have to have Makes I have to sense. have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise it manifests Big. itself somewhere where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Hmm. It's that energy that they have that they need to get out mm-hmm. in a healthy way and for them competition is the healthy way. Yeah. <laughs> to get that energy out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a so as a teacher myself and as a coach, um, there I've come across a lot of times where other teachers um, will communicate with us as coaches and let us know like how my athlete is doing in the classroom, maybe some things that they're concerned about. Not so much holding it over their heads of like, oh, I will tell, like how you said, although that happens a lot too, Mm -hmm. where they're like, I'm gonna tell your coach, or what do you think your coach is gonna say about this? But just really legitimate concerns, or Mm -hmm. just saying like, hey, they're kind of struggling, and we've had talks and stuff, but I just wanna let you know, um, even if their grade, you know, doesn't show it that much, like they're getting there to where their grade is going to show it, just stuff like that. So just as a teacher yourself, do you have any communication with your students' coaches, or how how important do you think that communication is there? I think that um, it can be helpful. I think it can. I think there are possibly teachers who could benefit from the different type of connection a coach has mm-hmm. with the student, right. um, where they can gain some insight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I work really hard to develop those type of relationships, which mm-hmm. is probably what you saw um, oh, it, in yeah, me. Oh, yeah, definitely was. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So when I have that relationship, I, I, I can gather my own data on right. that. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. if, but I think that it's a great resource, right. um, but it's, it's, it's nice to know that they're there. I, right. think I think I have more communication with coaches who are on campus just right. because it's easier and more natural. Um, and I haven't seen a lot of coaches reach out to the staff and send an email and saying, hey, mm-hmm. I am the baseball coach or right, right. I am right. the, the cross country coach and these are my athletes. Right. And I, I would like to know if you're right. struggling with them in the classroom right. in a non-threatening way, right. but opening up that communication would be nice for teachers to have. Right. Um, a lot of times I don't even know who the coach is um for a team and the the channels i'd have to go through to get that information is just more steps than i have time for in a day um so and i imagine it would feel again i'm not a coach or a teacher yeah but i imagine that say you had a baseball player and uh, or a baseball coach reach out to you but you've never had any communication with them prior Mm -hmm. to that moment and it's say it's you know late march they're saying hey so and so how are they doing in class it seems like they're not doing great it's like well I, i don't know you why are you reaching out now? We could have had this conversation months ago and you could have helped me not right. have this be a problem. Right. So I imagine for a teacher, it's kind of like, it's, it might be a little frustrating if it's like, hey, I don't know the coach, but now they're reaching out to me with this problem and expect me to somehow help them out. Right. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the student that comes in the week mm-hmm. of finals and oh, says, yeah. how do I get my grade up? It's the exact same thing, right? How do we right. talk about, how do we rewind a clock for yeah. the last nine right. weeks right. and right. hit reset? I mean, 
ideally they're not getting to that point, right? As teachers, we're stepping in, we're intervening, we're, we're catching those things as they come. Right. But um, yeah, I think it's always nice to start on a positive. It's right. always nice to start a relationship and communication on a positive. These are my students, these are my athletes, right. open door. Right. Let me know. I'm here to support what's going on in the classroom. I think teachers would benefit from that for sure. They might not all use it, sure. but it's opening right. the door. Yeah. Right. I yeah, think that's definitely awesome. Help. I see both of it. I see both um, both sides um, mm-hmm. of uh, of coaches reaching out to our staff, like in our emails, and then I know all the coaches because I'm I'm an assistant athletic director, so I already know. Right. But I can imagine, like you just said, like you're like I don't know who the coach is, mm-hmm. and rightly so because some coaches um, off campus more so than on campus, like won't yeah they won't send out any emails. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even know who the athletes are. Right. Like yeah. it, would, it would be nice just to know right. yeah. who the athletes right. are, well, there's lots current of them. season right. or not right. current. You know, right. it, it's a lot. It's a lot to track yeah. And, yeah. and figure out. You could always ask with students. You could have conversations. With sure. Them, so well, yeah. that's, that happens. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it kind of goes um, in a direction that we kind of talked about before we got on the mics. Um, you know, like we've talked uh, mentioned a couple of times here, your for me at least, your connection with your students in the SCORE Academy was mm-hmm. really obvious. Right when you walked in, you said, hey, it's quiet down. Everybody got quiet. For me, when I see a team like that or a, a classroom like that, it's like, okay, they obviously respect the teacher. And then you see the interactions with your students. It's like, okay, they really not just are being quiet for her and respect her, but they actually like you, yeah. which is yeah. a nice feeling. <laughs> it is nice, um, yeah. And so you were mentioning earlier how the, the idea of investing in your students or really having a heart for your students was really – kind of amplified mm-hmm. or developed within the score academy and now you're kind of stuck with it like you can't shake it yeah you know so is that and like you just mentioned it's tough because you guys have so much to do whether uh-huh. you're whether you're a coach or a teacher there's so many things that you have to do and handle and take care of that sometimes i think the student investment can get lost in the shuffle so how do you you know how do you maintain that um it's the the littlest things mm-hmm. it's um greeting every student at the door as they come in, mm-hmm. checking in, um, especially if they return from an absence. How's it going? How are you? Um, noticing things. They just want to be seen and noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, not being as involved in the SCORE Academy as I was, um, I miss that a little bit. Um, so I have to be more conscientious of it. Um, I have to be more proactive Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing something um, after my time with the SCORE Academy, and I was missing that connection. I started standing at the door in the doorway and shaking every student's hand every day mm-hmm. and teaching them a proper handshake um, and developing really that skill so right. um, that it was embedded in them. And, you know, you'd get the awkward handshakes at first. They yeah. won't look you in the eye. Yeah. And then, like, you know, by doing? nine weeks in, yeah. They're confident, and they're right. looking you in the eye, and they're shaking your hand, and they yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, and so you have to find those little ways. Uh, they have to know that you care. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and truly listening to them. Right. And yeah. I think for both teachers, and we've talked about that a lot as far as coaches, it mm-hmm. really kind of boils down to that. Like, yeah. You know, you want to win. That's the, the ultimate goal. You want to win. But, um, you know, you're shaping and molding young athletes. And so you've got to care. If you're just in it for the, the pennant at the end of the, the banner yeah. at the end right. of the year or the trophy, yeah. it's like, you probably need to grow up. Yeah. There's something and better you can do with your life. And yeah. I feel like in some way my daughter was, you know, 
pushing me not to coach because she felt like I didn't care mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. her as much because wow. I was caring about these other students. I mean, that's a four or five-year-old mindset. Sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do you get across to them? No, I love you most mm-hmm. still. Right. You're yeah. coming home with me. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that's it's awesome. hard because you do right. have to – spread yourself pretty thin Mm. um and there can be conflicts within teams and and clicks forming within teams and you have to manage that and you can't ignore it right so it's it's being present and letting them know that you care right right and I, I had I have students now a couple weeks ago I had a student go, Do you ever have a bad day? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, Well yeah, but you're never gonna see it. Yeah. yeah. And that's not because I'm being fake, but right. it's because when I come into this room, right. when I walk through these doors, I'm here for you. Right. Oh. I'm you here for a hundred percent of you. Right. Yeah. Um and, and my stuff can wait. Right. Which is nice for wow. me too, right? Sure, you don't yeah. have to think about it for however yeah. many hours. Yeah, but day. I mean, right. that was sort of a compliment for a kid to say, "Do you oh, have a sure. bad day?" Right. Uh, awesome. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. <laughs> I really, really do. Right but now, you're actually, never going to see yeah. it. Yeah, you're never going to see it. Yeah. Well, that's just good leadership, I think. Yeah, awesome. You, know, well, you set the tone for your team. Yeah, I'm not a robot. I'm human. I make mistakes. <laughs> I made a mistake yesterday in class. Did this whole set up this whole lab experiment thing, and we did the whole thing, and I'm testing the the chemicals, and I go, "You guys, I did it wrong." Mm. I did the whole thing wrong. Yeah. Can, you know we, what, can we do it again tomorrow? And they're like, yeah. okay. It's good for them to see that sometimes. Yeah. Though. So I'm not a robot. Right. So I don't say I'm going to put on this face and pretend right. like everything's okay. I have – I do make mistakes, but I'm not going to bring my baggage to you. Right. right. Like, yeah. like yeah. I'm present for <laughs> you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think we've seen – I think we've seen coaches do that before. Mm-hmm. It's like – Oh, co- like I've played before, and not to call any specific coach out, just throughout my life, yeah. it's like, oh, coach had a bad day today. Uh huh. <laughs> Everybody get ready to run because we know it's coming, and right. you just tell yeah. that their their fuse is short and they're just not their normal selves. Yeah. And it's you can't. It's tough to separate the two, but mm-hmm. you can't really lead that way either. Like right. you can't lead your team or your classroom and expect to have great results because you're operating out of emotions, right. not out of. So I was gonna say you can't yeah, lead from emotion. It. And it's funny because they'll tell the athlete the same thing. It's like, right. hey, you're emotional right now. Right. You're going to make yeah. mental mistakes. But it's like, if coach is emotional, yeah. you're going to make just as many mistakes. Right. It's like, it's a weird yeah. thing. And sometimes I think, you know, I think a lot of coaches get it. I think yeah. the majority of coaches, hopefully all the coaches that are listening to this get that. Yeah. But um, there are some out there, unfortunately, that they don't, they're trying to say stuff that mm-hmm. they don't do themselves. That's a massive problem. Like right. I have, a, I have, I've always had a huge issue with do that. Do as I say, not as I do. Kids will always call yes. out hypocrisy. It's yeah. the easiest thing for them to recognize, yeah. right. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they're not afraid to call it out, like you said. No. Yeah. yeah, it's like. They almost want to because they're like, why are, why would we do that when you do this? You right. know, like, so it, it gives, it's funny because it, it gives them an out, but they are also right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're like, you're, they're right. They, yeah. You know. Which is more frustrating for a coach. Right. It's like, I want to say something back, but mm-hmm. you're right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's difficult. But, um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, as a teacher and as a coach, I mean, that's, you know, that's tough to be able to put the emotional stuff aside, mm-hmm. stuff aside. I think that that is, I mean, that's a talent and a, and a skill. I think. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and hey. a skill. Yeah. And a skill. There, there you go. go. So you taught me something. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but, yeah, that's, I think that that's, that's great that you do that because it's so easy sometimes to bring, you know, even, and, the, and they can tell totally mm-hmm. if you're having, and that's why they're asking, you ever have a bad day? And you're like, well, yeah, but you don't see it. So I think that that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Um, so we, uh, once again, we're running up against the, we the always time. do. We always do. We, can talk we, enjoy, we enjoy having conversations with yeah. great people. So, yeah. um, 
is there anything else that you would like, like one final thought that you would, oh I guess, for um, for coaches or even like we've talked about a lot, teachers, something mm-hmm, that yeah. when you're dealing with athletes or any final thought you have? No um, pressure. I, mm-hmm. I think probably that is a lot of pressure. It's so open ended. <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of what I've already said, sure. probably, is that um, we have to look at a person as a whole person um, and understand uh, the different aspects of where they come from, mm-hmm. who they are, their identity, mm-hmm. their competitive spirit, what drives them, um, and not pit things against each other mm-hmm. and make any of that bad or wrong, but how can we use it to our advantage? So right. how can we use your mindset? How can we use your drive, your skills, um, and where can you grow from there? Right. And I think growth mindset, you could talk for hours and hours and hours about growth mindset. Um, and what that means to people and the, the possibility of yet, just throwing yet onto the end of something. You don't know how to do this yet. Right. You haven't achieved the skill yet. Um, and just keeping that in mind and in the forefront that it's all about growth. Learning is growing and it's skill development. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now, but it's like all of these things no, in my mind about um, how we push people to the next level. Yeah. And understanding what drives them yeah so that's awesome no that was very rambly no that was oh good. you, you, you should right listen in. to some of our other podcasts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like what were we talking we about so much. we've deleted some episodes really yeah. whole episodes yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. that we have done ourselves okay we, we, we listen to it and we're like what are we doing <laughs> yeah we're on our best behavior with guests but when it's just the two of us it's like <laughs> uh-huh. Ooh, that was we listened to it and the next day it's like that whole thing was just garbage we're like we totally got off topic or like we i don't even think we like we talked about team building not once <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of the podcast. So that wasn't rambly so at all. So we have to redo it. Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you again so much for coming um, on here. Deb, where can fun. they follow us? Twi- um, at, uh, Twitter, at Sports Character. Should I say that right? Yep. Okay. And yep. then um, on Instagram, at Character Combine. Facebook, Character Combine. And on LinkedIn. I keep forgetting that. Ooh. We're on LinkedIn now. All the things. All, all the things. The, all everything. The things. Except for yeah. Snapchat because I hate it. Ah. I'll be honest Snapchat. with all of you. Yeah. I hate Snapchat. Yeah. And if I took over that account, it would be so annoying because there would be filters all over the place. That's why I, it I, would be so annoying. That's why I'll never tell her we actually <laughs> have one. Unless you guys one. want me to do that. I'm just saying. But Don't answer that question because I hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vicky, thank you again yeah, so much for joining you. us. Thank we appreciate it. And we'll definitely have to have you on again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll have to come up with more things to say. If we didn't scare you off. We'll have different questions. Different questions. Oh, no, the Avid Brothers Challenge. Oh, you do have to come back. Yeah. And we got to listen to some Avid. Is it Avet Brothers? Avet Brothers. How do you spell that? A V E T T. A V E T T. Okay. I, feel like I saw Aaron Rodgers attended one of their concerts. Oh yeah, he's a Where? big fan. Yeah. I'm like living under a rock. Yeah, no, and, and Seth fan, was so. wearing his jersey on stage one time. See, that, yeah. that's actually See, there's like, a there's a connection. There's a connection. There. I'm a huge big Packers sports fan. guys too. Oh my yeah. gosh. All right. Well, I love NASCAR. That's crazy. <laughs> we don't usually walk away with homework, but today now you have homework. But I'm always you'll always here's another fun fact. I'm always wearing lyrics. I'm not a tattoo person, but okay. I always have Avit lyrics on me nice. at some point. So these ones are happier with nothing and with your heart, my soul is bound. So oh. they're, they're lyric guys. So they'll, okay. they'll get you in the feels. Now I have oh to ask, God. how many of those do you have? Um, <laughs> four or five. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going like four or 500. No, okay. no. <laughs> and, and I'll actually have some made and I'll make my own and then I will um, sometimes give them to people at concerts. So Aww. if there's a song and there's a lyric awesome. I'm wearing okay. and I see somebody having a connection with the song, I'll just walk over and give them the bracelet. Wow. So do they know, like, do they kind of know you now? 
Who? The Avid brothers? Yeah. No. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. I did meet them, though. I've oh. seen you in like, so many pictures. I'm like, they might know her at this point. No, no, no. <laughs> not even like, not... recognized, just like. No, but I did right. I did stalk the bus a little bit in March last year, and <laughs> oh, I so met they, them. So we yeah. all do so They it. might know her now. Yeah. It's like, oh, the stalker. That one. No, <laughs> I am not. Chaser. Nope, nope. Putting, we all rumors. do it with somebody. Yeah, no, they don't know me. They don't know me. All right, well. Yeah. There we go. On that yes. note. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 One day they will. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.